0: Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina, and I just wanted to tell you about the ways to follow me. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what platform you're on, but I'm on all of the podcast platforms, Google, Apple, Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and you can also follow me on my social media. For those of you who found me through your podcast platform and not on social media, some people have been following me on Instagram or Facebook, and that's how they learned about the podcast. But for those of you who learned about my podcast first, please feel free to follow me on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina. The doctor is abbreviated as DR, and there's no period. So it's DR Delvina, which is spelled D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And let's see, I have a website. I mentioned before that the website was under construction, but the website is up and good to go. It is Dr. Delvina Help. So again, the DR is abbreviated, DR. D as in Delta, E L, V as in Victor, E N A, help, H E L P as in papa.com, Dr. Delvina, com. So please go to my website, take a look, peruse the site and see what's going on there. And uh, I'm also, let's see, where else am I? I'm in SoundCloud as well, but I'm not as active on SoundCloud as I am with my um, with my podcast. You know, this podcast has been up since May 2020 during the pandemic. And um, I just love talking about the brain and helping to educate people about their mental health and wellness. So please spread the word. Tell a neighbor. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell a loved one. Tell a significant other. Tell your ex if there's something I've t- I touched on that. Really, that you identify with and you want to share it with someone, share it, please. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey 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 guys, it's another okay. Sunday night. No, wait
1: wait wait. I just pressed the button. So guys, wait. Start all over. <laughs> ready? And action.
0: No, we are not doing that, sir. I don't edit, so I am (laughs) starting. Guys, you just heard Dane Reed interrupt my introduction. I'm going to spank his butt. He interrupted my introduction. Hey, 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 y'all. It's another Sunday night, and you're on the couch with Dr. Dalvina, the host of the Brain Love Podcast. Are you ready to take the couch? So I told you, Dane Reed is on the couch, and he has on this t-shirt, hashtag Team No Kids.
1: No kids, yeah.
0: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah.
1: Yes. I'm I sell these t shirts at um childfreeandhavingfun.com so they can check them. Out.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. guys, this is the book Forget Having Kids. I'm Having Fun 1000 Random Reasons to Be Hashtag Childfree, and um, it is also on Audibles. I have the book, the hard copy book. I love getting books and I also have my audible edition of this book it's hilarious I was listening I was cracking cracking up in my bed I would listen in the car I would listen while I was laying in bed you know blah 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 just chilling so I'm trying to pull up my little clips and my bookmarks I got them Mm -mm -mm. okay I narrated
1: the book as well because I'm a professional voice actor so it it made sense right I heard your voice it was the only, it's the only audio book that I've ever narrated because mostly the stuff that I do is corporate stuff. It's for radio imaging for, I, I produce commercials and and stuff like that. So all of the projects that I do are short um, projects. And this one I started doing and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm actually doing a book, but it was mine. So there was a great amount of joy, but it was still like, two weeks in the booth you know narrating this project it it was it was still difficult but I had fun doing it
0: wow you said it was two weeks in the booth yeah yeah because you're just reading your book
1: just reading my book yeah
0: so question for you quickly I I didn't want to derail too much but I gotta ask you since we're here in this space um when you were reading, were you like, dang, I didn't mean to write it this way. I meant to say it this way. So did you narrate the book after it was submitted and published and all that, or did you do it before?
1: I narrated the book after it was already um finished, it was edited already. Um, I did find like one or two mistakes in there, and so I did send it uh back to be uh re- you know, edited those those small errors and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was I I was cracking up um, myself because obviously with 200 and about 30 pages or so, there are things that you forget that you wrote. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that, you know, <laughs> like, there was some things that I was like, wow. You said some
0: shit in this book, bro. You really, like, I really was like, yo, I
1: pushed the boundaries with this shit, right? You, <laughs>
0: you sure did. You sure did, sir. Yeah, some and, of it I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. My editor uh, would send me stuff back and he'd be like, listen, you've gone off the rails with this one right here. And And so I have the original copy of the things that I wrote that he toned down, right? Uh, So there there were things that were more edgy than even what I put in the book,
0: uh, you know? uh, uh, uh.
1: But I I was having fun. So the inspiration for me, um, like the tonal inspiration of writing the book was like um, Chris Rock. I thought about how Chris Rock did everybody hate Chris and mm-hmm. he would he would narrate that and and I was thinking about that constantly as I was writing this project
0: nice nice shout yeah. out to, to Papa Smurf back there in the background Papa on the couch. Smurf
1: with his mask on up, that's right I
0: see you. that was one of my <laughs> favorite cartoons back in the day the Smurfs
1: me too love me, me too. some Smurf.
0: and I like the Smurfs had- uh the the cereal too
1: <laughs> Papa Smurf has been with me since I was 4 years old. So we've known each other 40 plus years. Oh. I remember the day my mother brought me Papa Smurf. Um she picked me up from daycare and I was carrying Papa Smurf down St. John's Avenue and he was um as big as I was at the time.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guys, I'm sorry. We just jumped in there and started It's chatting. all right. <laughs> Some of you may recognize his voice and recognize his face when you see me post this little um this little uh tidbit from the actual Zoom session. You know, I want to post it on Instagram and in my story. You recognize him from the event that we that we hosted here in Florida. He flew all the way in from Atlanta. We had our first love on the brain, and the topic was men's health. And Dane was on the panel and yeah. uh provided some very useful information everyone has been giving me just like oh my gosh the feedback has been um just so just so awesome just so phenomenal all of the things the positive things people are saying i want to know the negatives too guys because i want to make it better um so but yeah thank you again for coming down and sharing this space with us
1: for inviting me you know i was um i was excited to be on that panel with those gentlemen all of them very accomplished in their fields, very um, intelligent guys, um, knowledgeable and of course you know strong opinionated um, strong men who had a lot to offer uh, from different perspectives as well and and those are the kind of things that I love. I love engaging in those kind of conversations where we can share ideas and particularly um, I know that you invited, a group of young men out there and i think it's so important for us to have these conversations with young men about their life directions about the possibilities um the pitfalls the victories that we've all had and for us to just be candid with them yeah. right yeah. you know and i i think a lot of times uh we're not in spaces where we can share those ideas and you provided a space for us to share those ideas so i want to give a big thank you and bless up and and i got my uh brain love um mug right here as so i appreciate that right yeah. love it it's yeah. right here on my desk yes so, um yeah I, i'm appreciative of that thank you
0: you're welcome. So, guys, let me uh, provide a proper introduction here so you know who you're talking with, because I know, you know, folks listen to the podcast from all over the world. You guys know I have touched down in Thailand. Um, I've been in many places in Africa. I have listeners in all over the continent of Africa. I have listeners in Peru from the trip I made to Peru and South America from so, you know, you guys are listening, and you weren't here in Florida when Dane came through for that mental health event. Dane Reed is a Brooklyn, New York, if you haven't been able to pick up on that. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. He is a voice actor and an author who's based out of Atlanta. Doesn't his voice just sound just, it's it's lovely. He has a nice voice, so you can understand why he's a voice actor. His voiceover work spans two decades, 20 years. So you, and and-
1: it's actually 19 years this year, so going round into 24, we'll yeah, we'll call it 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: And so, so you haven't been an educator since you became a voice actor.
1: So I was in education. Um, so I taught after school. I taught when I also did after school programs when I was in college as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I also did substitute teaching, and I got a chance to teach. Uh, special ed, uh-huh. um, like my second to last year, so I took over a class for um, for a teacher who you know left, and so that was my job. And um, I I enjoyed teaching until I didn't. And but I always had an idea that I wanted to do voiceover. I figured that I would do the two of them simultaneously. But getting into education um, and getting certified while you are working is quite difficult at least it was at the time they've made it a lot easier for people to get into education now because of the enormous need for educators but at the time it was it was quite difficult so i didn't uh, pursue that but i i just started having this passion for doing voiceover work for and for for writing this is actually my second book i wrote a, a children's book um funny right Um, called Dana the procrastinator um, back then so I worked with children I wrote a children's book and now I'm on uh, team no kids <laughs> with this book forget having kids I'm having fun
0: so I'm sure you realize you can have children until you're like dead and cold yeah so, so
1: yeah one of the jokes in my book is yeah apparently you know with a touch of rigor mortis you can, the squirter still keeps squirting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I can't remember from your book, if you said that you've had a vasectomy. Yes.
1: So that's the first thing that I talk about in my book. Yeah. I, um, you know, after, and you know, I've had a lot of things happen, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of drama and you read about it in a book. Mm -hmm. And after all of my drama, I just decided I wanted to be drama free.
0: Yes, uh, yes. I
1: didn't want any kind of incident. So there's two things that have happened and I cover only one of them. but uh, the first thing is that I had the vasectomy. and then the second thing is that I changed my life, you know, so instead of dealing, you know, with multiple women and you know, all kinds of situations that get complicated, I just I slimmed it down, you know, I'm a uh, one um woman guy Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's just easier like that
0: yeah you guys typically come to realize that mm -hmm. it's easier if you just date one chick versus trying to trying to balance five 15 20 women you guys finally mature and say okay let me just chill it's cheaper it's It's cheaper it's easier Easier. it's not a lot a whole lot of lies and stuff you got to tell to keep up and you have less stress
1: It's a lot less stress. Yes.
0: So, mm -hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, So I was kind of going into your bio and we, I I derailed again, but so guys, he's in voiceover his um, first book. He mentioned it was published back in 2008. And so now we're talking about forget having kids. I'm having fun. Um, there's a collection of anecdotes from his life and experiences with close friends in this book. Um, it's very thought-provoking, and it is definitely hilarious. The book was funny. I was laughing out loud. But yeah, I'm silly, but the shit was funny. Um, and we're gonna get into I have a couple of questions for you. I got my bookmarks pulled up. Some are serious, some are funny, some are not okay. as serious. Um, this okay. book offers a first of its kind male perspective on being child-free. And I would agree with you. I really don't hear a lot of men talking about. Um, proudly boasting being child free. If anything, I was at an event last night and this guy was there and he was kind of talking about how he wants to meet someone so he can create his his family, start his legacy, or I shouldn't say start because you've started he started his legacy already, but he just kind of wants to ensure it continues, you know, I suppose. So, this is a movement, man. And he talks about the drawbacks of having kids. Um, and and I'm sure many of us can think about those drawbacks, especially people who have five, six, seven, eight kids. Shit, probably even people with two and three kids can think about some of the drawbacks, like the financial stuff. Sometimes
1: people with one kid. Say,
0: say yeah. that again. Dang.
1: Sometimes people with just one kid.
0: Yeah, sometimes know? with just yeah. one. So you've opted to travel the world and write books instead of taking care of little crumb snatchers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put it that way. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my father used to call them crumb snatchers and curtain climbers. Oh, oh she my had a, gosh. He was. she had another curtain climber.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I, think, I think a lot of parents have like um, scenarios with their kids where their kids are like, you know, swinging from the curtains and stuff like that. So I, I think uh, that's where the curtain climber came mm-hmm. from. Yeah. You know, I, I talked about like some of the destruction that I did when I was a kid from, you know, being electrocuted, putting clothespins in the, um, in the electrical sockets and, and swinging from my, my mother's cabinet and breaking things and Oh, my goodness. I, I was such a destructive kid. And um, you said it, it, that
0: uh, you pause. You said that nicely. A destructive kid. You mean you were a badass.
1: I was I was, a, I was a badass, destructive kid. Oh, but, you know, turn, listen, I'm I, my Um, I have Jamaican parents. So that was only going to go but too far. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a point where it was my will against theirs and guess who won <laughs> they did <laughs> they absolutely won right yeah and by the time i got to uh school
0: mm-hmm.
1: i had there was no problems anymore everyone in that school from the students to other parents to the teachers and the administration knew who i was because of the kind of parents that i had who were very active in the school I had older brothers who went to that school, cousins who went to that school, and my family was super involved in the community. So there was just, but so much that I was going to get away with. But yeah, my early years, I was like a tornado through the house. Mm. You know, it Mm. it just—I was like a hurricane through the house. But my parents were like tornadoes, so they tore me apart. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so.
0: Some of my notes include chapter one, um, the vast deference. And I suppose that's yeah. when you were talking about, I, I, listened to this book and read this book probably, I think two months ago, when did I first reach out to you? Two, three months. Yeah. I've read like four or five books since then, but my, my first, uh, clip is from chapter one. So I guess this is when you were going into the discussion about you, you talked about the negative effects of birth control pills um because they do have a lot of negative effects um and then there's a chapter chapter two is titled badass kid guys so see if you don't get it this is a this book is comedic it's just you know it's funny now
1: one of the things i want to go back to what you were talking about with with birth control pills a lot of men don't realize that there are a lot of drawbacks to birth control pills it's very interesting because right now they're trying to develop male birth control pills. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that um, a lot of the the, um, side effects to the male birth control pills, they found to be unacceptable. But those are the same symptoms that women have in the female birth control pills. Like they mimic them on the same scale. But when it comes to men, they find those reactions and those side effects to be you know not no we can't we can't have men deal with this the mood swings the acne undesirable uh, libido um, undesirable yeah yeah you know the 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 bleeding in between periods you know all kinds of things that women have to deal with and and it's also potentially life-threatening. You know, you have the blood clots that could possibly um, come about. I've known several women who have had strokes who were on birth control as a result of the birth control pill. So, I mean, I concluded at some point that, you know, if I love the woman that I'm with, then it made sense for me to step up and take responsibility as well. And since Myself and my partner are not interested in having uh, children together, then it just made sense. Like, yeah, I'll take the plunge. It's fine with me, you know?
0: Yeah. So from chapter one, I could smell the stench of burning flesh, my burning flesh. How did I end up here, lying with my legs open on a chair where 20,000 men had been before me? No, I'm not a man hooker. I'm doing something millions of brave guys from all over the world have done. They were brave pioneers. But me, I wasn't so brave. I was there with a doctor who was burning away my fears. So yeah. I am not going to read on. You guys have to get the book and read what's happening here. Um, You know, he goes into some some, some details emotionally and physically. Yeah about this experience that you really don't hear a lot of guys talk about, like, you know.
1: Uh, About my uh, my experience dealing with that and my motivations um, for deciding to, you know, have a vasectomy, you know, and then I get, of course, deeper into it with some of the incidents that have happened with me um, throughout my life in in dealing with women. And I um, talk about some of the things that my brothers have been through and some friends have been through and um, male and female friends have been through um, dealing with their, their child's um, other parent. uh, Yeah, it's, it's a lot, right? It's there's so many things that we don't think about uh, when we have children, we always think about the things that could go right. Mm -hmm. And, And human beings, we're in, we're incredibly optimistic. um but we also, in our optimism, um, often don't make calculus mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm a person who's very uh, thoughtful about the calculations and and how things could go right and wrong. You know, if you if you look at some uh, an organization like NASA, they're not going to send up a spaceship without making sure that everything is right because you know if you're old enough you remember the challenger
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. they never I was in want third another
0: third grade third grade uh, when they, that happened
1: they never want another challenger disaster again yeah and so you know we have to think oftentimes like NASA
0: yeah wow you just mentioned uh the challenger and I I flashed back to elementary school, Roy Williams (laughs) Elementary in Aberdeen. I was walking down the hallway by the cafeteria and the TV. I was coming from the principal's office. Um, I wasn't in trouble, but I'd just been there doing something, dropping something off. And the TV was on and um, we could hear the news over and over talking about the explosion. So I remember what I saw on the television. That was like a little flashback, not an unsettling, unsettling flashback, but a little flashback. So, Dane, you describe something in the book that has happened to so many men I know, okay. and the situation is the the child support situation. I, you know, I don't understand men, and I don't understand black men especially. I am black, so my life is black. People, most of the people around me are black. Um, I deal with people of the majority too, white folks also, and I have friends who I have friends who are and who are from other races and cultures. But what I know most intimately are the experiences of black folks, um, and especially black men. And so many black men get rear-ended, um, get screwed in court when it comes to child support. And of course, a lot of us hear about stuff with the celebrities and things like that, these folks who have a lot of money, and sometimes they're ordered to pay $20,000 a month in child support. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about everyday Joe Schmo. However, it's just as impactful for these people to have to pay two thousand dollars or a thousand dollars because the time period that you reference I think you were in your 20s when this was happening to to this guy and we're not going to give too many details because I need people to read the book to read and hear about this experience this young man had but it was really effed up I I really want to say the other word but if that's not a big enough deterrent for children, I don't know what would be. And this girl just played so many games. But don't go and don't don't give don't don't give it away.
1: About the chapter: Everyone's got a friend named Mike, yeah. and um, Mike and I have been friends since college. Uh, I talk to him all the time. Um, he's back in the United States, and we recently went to Germany and Turkey, and we went to El Salvador earlier this year. And Mike is like my travel homie right okay. um and he has he has four sons uh, one of which is grown and he d- he no longer has a relationship with mm-hmm. but he was also um accused multiple times of being the father of other children and because he, of the kind of guy that he is he steps up to take care of uh whatever children that he you know, thinks is his or is told that's his or whatever, whatever. Mike is also a military veteran who went to uh, Afghanistan. So there's two stories within this one chapter. Um, there was a woman who said that uh, a child was his um, basically because she knew that he was going away to Afghanistan and that he might not return. And she would collect military benefits if something were to happen. And then there's another scenario um, that happened to him before then, uh, where another woman.
0: Break. Wait. I just want to insert this. Bitches, why are y'all so treacherous? Go on. (laughs)
1: Listen, uh, you know, um, I want to say that um, treachery is not exclusive to women. Um, people do some really messed up things in their own best interest and screw other people over, right? This and, is
0: true, but we're not talking about those other people right now. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about the yeah, women in this you know, book who yeah, did that it, to Mike. That's who we're talking absolutely, about. Maine. So absolutely, they right? are tra- I, I some women are I always treacherous. Want people to,
1: you know, I, I always want people to know that um, in telling these stories, um, I'm not, you know, saying women are bad or you yeah, know of men are not right like yeah, you know so no. sometimes people take it that way so yeah, I'm, i no. always want to be clear mm-hmm. but in, in mike's scenario um you know there was another time he was accused of having a, a child for a woman he was um arrested um mm-hmm. he was dragged into court he lost his job don't tell uh, the
0: story you're telling yeah, the story there's
1: there's a lot Y'all, you got to You got to read. But, you know, Mike is if you meet him, he's a really nice guy. Mm. You know, he's just a nice guy. That's just the way it is. You know, he has his problems and he's you know, he does suffer from PTSD uh, from, you know, his time in, in the military. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, he's a he's a good guy, you know, and for th- things like that to happen to him. Are messed up similar you know to my brother my brother um my brother wasn't allowed to see his daughter since 2012 he paid uh, at one time the equivalent of four thousand dollars in child support um in pounds because he was over in 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 the uk wow. and still wasn't allowed to see his kid um and mm-hmm. he won his court battle to mm-hmm. to be able to see his child and the mother just moved to a different jurisdiction where he'd have to put up another $100,000 to fight her. And the next time that his daughter saw him was in the casket in 2020, when he died, you know? So there, there can be a very uneven system when it comes to um, men and, and families, and as we we talked about in the panel you know manhood and fatherhood is so necessary for child development yeah and it you know it shouldn't be um you pay i own it should be you know we we both contribute financially emotionally mm-hmm. time wise and have a vested interest And making sure that this human being turns out to be a balanced, productive adult. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, ladies, if you're listening, if you know someone who conducts themselves in this manner, um, this unbecoming manner of keeping their children from their father, please try to persuade and encourage them not to do that because babies need both sides. They need their mama and their daddy. They need both. Yeah. They need both involved in their lives. And when kids don't have, have both the manifestations can be horrid. Um, yeah. The results can be horrid. The the personality defects that can develop um, the sense of not belonging or not feeling love because the mothers have convinced the children that the father doesn't love them, or he would fight harder for you. You know, they play this game. Um, And also my other pet peeve um, is uh, about women who um, conceive children, uh, you know, from a a man, of course, they don't know who it is because they may have had relations with more than a couple of people. And people will think that I'm unfair in the statement that I'm about to make, but Things are meant to be a certain way because of how we are made as human beings. Women are one way and men are another way. It is not proper for a woman to, to mate with several men at the same time. It's just not proper because if they are ejaculating all of them and a baby is conceived, you won't know who the father is. So, um, and women do this more often than I dreamed of. And I know of a lot of situations where the children don't know where their father is because the mother didn't keep track or, yeah. or because a mother is raising the child to believe that one man is a father when the, that really isn't their father. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a lot of treachery and doing that to a child for 20, 30 years can be very, can rob them emotionally. Do you know what that feels like to be lied to your entire life?
1: Yeah, so I actually know people who, you know, don't know who their their fathers are and they have been lied to about who it was, et cetera, et cetera. Look, yeah, I just, life talked, is, to, just um, talked
0: to a girl last night at a meeting I was at where she said she admitted to it. She doesn't know who her father is. She tried in her teens with four different men with DNA tests. They both came back. Nope, not he's not the, the wow. father. She wow. gave up.
1: Yeah. So life is complex. It shouldn't be more complicated than it needs to be. And so one of the things for me has always been to keep as few moving parts as possible, right? Mm-hmm. It, when you keep things simple, when you when you don't put a whole bunch of unnecessary ingredients into life, then the flavor is simple and it's enjoyable, right? and I, And that's one of the, you know, while I didn't put it necessarily that
0: Uh oh, he went out on me for a second. So he's explaining why. In his situation... And his random reasons
1: not to have children. Well, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So you went out for a second. So I oh, was just okay. kind of filling in that space. Um, yeah. But... So
1: as I, I was saying that, you know, keeping things simple really is a lot more enjoyable than throwing a lot of unnecessary ingredients into a pot. Yeah. right you can taste each flavor you can you can smell the roses but when you add a lot of things to your life it can be very chaotic it can be confusing it can it can be tough right and so for me i i always wanted to keep things simple and enjoyable so you know i choose you know, I'm, I'm not a person who, you know, throws on, who has a closet full of clothes and stuff like that. There's too much to think about in the morning. I want to throw on my team, no kids shirt. And I want to go out there and, you know, do what I have to do, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. just, just keep it easy, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I, I get that and I understand it. Um, I do have a kid. People, you guys may have heard me talk about my son. He's a grown man now, but um, the reasons you're explaining is why I decided to stop at just having one. Um, Because you're right. It's, it's much simpler when things are, are easy. Um, And I'm not saying it was easy raising um, or co-parenting this one child. It wasn't easy. Um, It came with its challenges, but you know, I recognize a challenge and I was like, you know what, I'm good. I don't want to go through this another time or another two times.
1: I think I- one of the issues when it comes to parenting is that a lot of people don't have honest conversations with people about how hard it it is and how hard it's going to be. So when you get married. Everyone says, go get marriage counseling. Marriage is hard. It's continual. It's something that you got to work at, mm-hmm. right? And so you have either a psychologist or you have a, a counselor or you have your pastor talk to you or all about, you know, how complicated marriage is going to be. And then you have to go get a marriage license and and all of the things that, you know, come state by state, they have different regulations. Yeah. But what's tougher, raising a kid or being married, right? They're both hard. But when you don't want to be in that relationship and you've tried it all, or you haven't tried it all, maybe you haven't, you don't even want to, right? Mm -hmm. You just reach a point where this doesn't serve you anymore. Then you go file some paperwork, you negotiate some things, and you can walk away from the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. filing some paperwork. And negotiating with your kid and walking away from that is a lot more complicated, and you know there are societal pressures for you not to do it um you know, people will shame you or how dare you, et cetera, et cetera right right and and of course, there is a deep emotional tie that you have to your child, even when things are extremely difficult, and you do want to give up mm-hmm. and so. It's, but no one ever counsels you beforehand. What they tell you is, go have a baby. Oh my gosh, go have a baby. You're gonna be so happy. It's gonna be so great. And they don't tell you, you know, how difficult it is to educate your child. They don't tell you that from zero to 18 years old, it's approximately $300,000 if you're a middle to raise that child. And that's not counting what it costs to send them to ch- to, to college, um, but to raise them till 18 at approximately 16 to 18,000 extra dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And the government only gives you what, $4,000 in, in child credit a year, something like that, right?
0: I, I don't so, I don't know. I've stopped qualifying for any of that credit Exactly, a long, long, long right? time so, ago. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, you know, Yo, but I get the tax credit. Yeah. But you put out like 16, 18,000 and that's for a middle-class family. Who makes I think 120000 um, hundred and twenty thousand, like six, like eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, right? So if you're in that, you know, group that classification, you're putting out sixteen to eighteen thousand. If you make more, you're putting a lot out, a lot more. My buddy um, puts out uh, 50000 dollars a year to educate his um, children in private school. That's just for education. You know, so I mean, it's expensive, but it's also complicated, right? Getting them to school while you're still going to work when they get sick, you know, negotiating with your job to leave. And there's Mm -hmm. so much, there's so much, but no one talks to you about the so much. They talk to you about the euphoria of being a parent, you know. Yeah. And even
0: more than that, it's you're creating a human being you are developing someone's personality. You are teaching this person how to function in society. You are praying and you're hopeful that everything they inherited in their DNA does not lead to... Um, some type of lymphoma, or some other type of childhood cancer, that they don't have the DNA to develop a severe form of schizophrenia, that they yep. don't become a psychopath, you know, Correct. there's so I talk much about more. all of
1: that stuff in the book as well, right? Yeah, like, always yes. think that you're gonna get an MLK when you may get a Jeffrey Dahmer, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you may get a Forrest Gump, you know, you may like there's so much, right? There's a there's a chapter in there where I talk about uh, a mother who um, inherit who has a child who's severe and profound. Right. And um, he reached a puberty age where, you know, he's yelling out and he can't express himself because he's nonverbal. But he is suffering um, from what is commonly known as as blue balls. They take him to the doctor. They don't know. They just know he's in pain. And uh, the doctor, you know, says, hey, he's got to get this out. Mm -hmm. Somehow this has got to come out, right? And I mean, you can use your imagination of how it came out, but it it had to, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's, but you don't, when you're giving birth, you don't think that one day you're going to be the one who's got to open the valve, (laughs) so to speak, you know? And that's a uh, that's a case where, I mean, that doesn't happen every day, but it could happen to you. You know, I mean, these are just things that we're not having conversations about. Yeah, And so I wanted to have these conversations in a way that, yeah, it was hard hitting in terms of the, the comedy and stuff like that, but it was also very honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very honest. We're going to get to yeah. chapter 23 in a second. Um, you were very transparent in that chapter. But before we get there, um, you know, just be thankful parents who have children, be thankful for your children, be thankful for what you have when they're uh, making mistakes or not listening to you. Be glad that, you know, hopefully these mistakes and these indiscretions are minor things and not anything serious that could be life-changing. I remember being pregnant with my son and praying that he would have 10 toes and 10 fingers And when he came out, he did, you know, I kissed each and every one of them and was, and and I was very happy. Um, so the process of, of conceiving is fun. Pregnancy can be a little challenging, you know, after delivering the baby, that's challenging your emotions all over the place. I remember when my son, um, you know, we, he was in the nursery. I had a C-section. I was crying the first couple of days. I didn't have postpartum, but I was just very emotional. Um, Really quickly before we get to chapter twenty three, I want to just uh, quickly mention chapter twenty two, which is reason number six twenty. When my relationships end, I want a clean break. Yeah, I think that's the most important concept to um, to push out there to the listeners. Is that because some you know I knew girls growing up who would have a baby by every guy they dated. They dated someone for over a year. They had a baby together and you know when you start doing that when you're 17 18 19 years old by the time you're 30 you got four kids and three baby daddies or you know or something more <laughs> complicated like, and challenging
1: to four, four kids and five baby daddies <laughs> Say that
0: again? Um uh, say that again cuz you kind of
1: my, my my dad would joke and say four kids and five baby daddies
0: Well, yeah. So that, that, one of those kids, you
1: don't know who the baby daddy is. There's two candidates. So, yeah,
0: that's a possibility too. Yeah. So, I, I definitely that resonated with me. Um, because too many people, when they share children, most folks are immature. Most people are selfish. Most people get into a relationship and they choose the wrong person to be in a relationship with in the first place. Then they have the nerve. Y'all have the nerve to go out there and get pregnant by this person. Yeah. Or dude, you have the nerve to impregnate this woman who you know you don't even get along with. You guys don't even yeah, like so each So sometimes
1: other. people have problems and they think having a baby is the solution. That, and that's, that too. that's a huge issue. So know? definitely
0: that is a misnomer. I want you guys to know that's a huge misconception. Having a child only complicates matters more. Whatever problem you have now, that shit is exponential by a million when a baby yeah. comes along. Because how can it get better when the original issue is still present? Yeah. So I want people to to know, teach your kids, having a, ki- a child by someone and you're in a tumultuous relationship, that is not the answer to soothe everything over or to make him stay. That's another misconception with women is I'll keep him, he'll stay if I get pregnant. yeah. So
1: I think it's been proven over and over and over again that that doesn't work.
0: Absolutely. Moving on. to Oh,
1: -hmm. I want to add one other thing. You know, there are a lot of people who are unhealed and they think that bringing a child into the world will help heal them. Mm. And that's not the case. I think it's important that you heal yourself before you get involved in a relationship. And, and and have a child, right? Like it's very important because your issues are only going to be carried on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation until somebody decides to stop the madness.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you guys were on the panel, I had to kind of go in and out. Um, things were going on. So I didn't get to stay and hear verbatim everything. I was wondering if you got a chance on stage to talk about the moments in time when you had low mood or had sadness or I'm not sure if you called it depression. I think you did call it depression yeah, no, in the I'm, audible. I'm
1: very um I'm very candid about the fact that I've suffered from depression a lot of my life. Um you know some of it could be there's so many things that contribute to depression, and it could be environmental, it could be stress, it could be diet, it could be genetics, right? And and so um, I've explored a lot of these things within myself, but of course there are a lot of things that are environmental, and um, and and stress and and trauma and and those kind of things. So um, I've explored a lot of those things. And working on myself over the years, but I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning every day. It is my goal to learn something new every day about myself, about this world, about how do I mature myself just a little bit more each and every day? How do I better myself each and every day? And so um, I'm I'm still working on myself. It would be difficult for me to take that time to work on myself and improve on myself if I had the stress um of dealing with the other parent when they may not be healed, because oftentimes people who are not healed attract each other, right? Attract one another. Yep. And then the issue snowball. And I and I talk about uh, um, a woman who I dated in the book, who was very very uh, unhealed. Um, she had some very deep issues, and um, and I was drawn to her, and she was drawn to me, and and that presented some serious problems. Um, and you you know you read it, but you know your audience is going to have to read it to. To tell um, the drama that in, ensued afterwards, but I, but yeah, so I have dealt with some deep issues. Um, I've seen someone commit suicide in in person, you know, um, and I think it's something like 130 Americans kill themselves every day. You know, I think that's something like 47,000 people each year. Um, who decide that it's just not worth it. And we have to start addressing those things and and our individual griefs um, before we pass them along Mm -hmm. to other people. That's that's so important because my dad didn't want to have a son who suffered from depression and the guy who i witnessed jump in front of a a subway train i'm sure his dad didn't think on his b- first birthday that he was going to do that he that's not what he wanted for his son mm-hmm. so um we we have to talk about these issues and we have to talk about them before we make these huge huge decisions so mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm very candid about you know what i've been through um, in this book. And and if you talk to me in person, I'm very candid about it as well.
0: So chapter 23, reason number 730, Anthony Bourdain, page 186. Mm-hmm. Life is hard. And for so many people, it's filled with pain, regret, fear, and doubt. I suffered with it for most of my life. I have dealt with sleepless nights marred by anxiety attacks. Don't worry. You don't have to call me to talk me off the ledge. Over the years, as I have accomplished many of my personal goals, I have carved out satisfaction in my life, but I haven't forgotten how challenging it can be just staying alive. I've gone from a guy who, at 14, wanted to run out into traffic and get struck by a Park Avenue cab to someone who won't oversleep because it feels too much like death. I am glad to still be here, but having but part of me, but having been given the option, I would have let that other sperm beat me to the egg. That's profound.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I've joked that the only reason why I didn't um, let the other sperm beat me is because it was a X chromosome and, you know, <sighs> We guys, we can't be outdone by a woman. <laughs> it's Got the it. competitiveness in us, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, but, Dame, um speaking from your personal experience, as we're we're wrapping this up, um, let's say someone is listening tonight who has struggled with sadness and wakes up and they don't want to be here. Based on your own personal experience how would you guide them or what would you tell them to do to help themselves?
1: So um, what I always say is that you have plenty of time to be dead, right? Run out the clock because there's going to be so many things in this life that you're just like, wowed by, you know, that, that all of the Lights in your brain just light up because you got a chance to do this. And that's happened with me. Um, I discovered traveling, and that's been remarkable for me. I've, you know, ventured into this voiceover career, and that's been remarkable for me. Um, You know, writing this book has been remarkable for me. Interacting with good people has been remarkable for me. But even if you don't do all of those things, there are simple things in life that are just enjoyable and you may not get a chance to do them every day uh, maybe not even every week but the fact that you know life is ebbs and flows it's you know mountains and valleys when you're in a valley you just got to wait around that that peak will come you know you, you have plenty of time to be dead. So just enjoy what you have now and play all four four quarters, you know? And, and if you get some overtime, do the overtime too. hmm
0: hmm I like that. And that's going to be our last word, guys. You heard it from a guy, the hashtag team, no kids. He yeah. is the child of immigrants. He has worked yeah. as a teacher. He is now passionate about travel and works as a voice actor and is an author. He has two books, uh, Dana, The Procrastinator, and Forget Having Kids, I'm Having Fun, which you just heard us conversing about. If anyone wants to reach out to you to ask you about the voiceover business, to ask for some advice, traveling, can they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um for voiceover work, I am DaneReedMedia.com. Uh, if you want to travel, if you want to follow my travels or whatever on Instagram, I'm Dane underscore read. And if you want to get my book, uh, forget having kids, I'm having fun. It's ChildFreeBook.com. I made it really easy. It'll take you straight to Amazon where you can purchase the book or you can get the audio book. Um, there are links on there, of course. So, childfreebook.com. I'm easy to reach. You can Google me. All don't right, stalk not- me. Please don't stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and that was childfree.com, correct?
1: No, childfreebook.
0: Childfreebook. Okay. Yeah.
1: Child All right.
0: Book. So, everybody in Google Bowl, Google Buller Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Everyone can't be Googled y'all. So, you know, I got someone great on the couch tonight. Thank you for joining me tonight for this interview, Mr. Reed. I really, me.
1: I, I really appreciate it. You know, I think it's so important to show gratitude and, um, and I love what you're doing. So cheers to you. Yeah. Cheers.
0: <laughs> My brain love mug is up front in the sink. I used it earlier today. So guys, don't forget, drink your lemongrass, drink your lemongrass, your steamed brewed lemongrass. You don't have to add tea to it. You can just steam some lemongrass and have some. Ha ha ha. Dane, you recall yesterday I posted something about lemongrass.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're going to go out on a high note, but I hope you guys really listened to what Dane, what he said about living life and how it can be very enjoyable and very satisfying and you don't have to go to bed each night sad or disappointed or wake up feeling that way you choose how your day will be you choose your emotions for the day you make that choice just remember that
1: make good choices
0: make yes. good choices. choose you choose life all right Dane. say brain love
1: brain love <laughs>